Welcome to Streaming with Two Dudes, a podcast about all things streaming. Each episode, we break down some of the best series, songs, movies, and shows. I'm one dude, Parker. And I'm the other dude, Jeff. And dudes, this episode, we're talking about Cobra Kai, season five, episodes two and three. But first, Jeff, uh, what else have you been streaming? Well, actually, you talked me into something recently. Um, I'd also seen it advertised a good bit on Amazon Prime. A little show called Paper Girls, uh, new show, uh, season one. I think both of us had kind of heard some comparisons to Stranger Things, which we were both huge fans of. Mm-hmm. Didn't we watch it at the same time? Or yeah, we did. We did I think I got it a little bit. I was a little bit ahead of you, but not by much. Okay. So I guess my overall take is great show. Loved it. I don't think it's going to see the level of success that like a Stranger Things did. Yeah. I hope it does well because I, I would like to see more seasons. I guess the similarity is there's a lot of child actors, a lot of great acting. I, the child acting in some of these series is just mind-blowing uh, mm. between Stranger Things and, and even this show. A lot of, of course, it's a all-female cast as far as the the girls that it centers around but the characters are great the relationship building there yeah I, I i would recommend it just don't be too disappointed if you're like oh it's like stranger things but great show and, and i'm excited to see what i assume is going to be season two sometime next year so what about you anything you're streaming reading listening to this might be something you may or may not be familiar with i'm going to recommend the new reboot of beavis and butthead i've been watching it on paramount plus they've been releasing like the new episodes on there and i don't know if you watched it the original show at all if you're a fan of it but originally did you see my jaw literally drop how have i not heard about this okay Well, for those that are also unfamiliar with it, um, they still have the shorts where they do, um, you know, they have their little antics. Uh, they'll watch a music video every once in a while, but they, they'll also do uh, like they've been watching YouTube videos. I don't think they've done any TikToks or anything like that, but it's mostly just them doing commentaries on YouTube videos. And it's wow. hilarious, hilarious. And, and you said this is on Paramount? It is. It's on Paramount Plus. I guess I'm going to have to get Paramount Plus. So, oh, man, it's uh, it's so great. I, um, I mean, Babies and Butthead, the whole idea of it didn't necessarily fit my personality. Yeah. When I was, I guess I was in high school when that really came out and, and got popular. But for whatever reason, I loved it. It, it was just uh, my wife and I, uh, we've been married 20 something years. Probably should know the exact number. I'm going to say 23. <laughs> when we first met uh, back in. Ooh, about to show my age here. 1997. We actually met on the internet, but the first time we spent time together, the first thing we watched was Beavis and Butthead. Really? It was, it was actually the the movie. Was it like Beavis and Butthead to America? Something like that? Do I have that right? Oh my God, you're holding up a book or something. <laughs> yeah, I actually have uh, a copy of the official script book with the foreword by Mike Judge. Oh, wow. I was like, how funny is that? That this was what I was using to write on earlier. And uh, and up it came up. So there you go. Yeah, I'm I'm writing that down. I'm going to check that out. That's a, that's definitely a blast from the past. And oh I, man, it's great. I'll, I'll still occasionally like break out my Beavis or Butthead impression or my voice just every once in a while, just in random situations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fire, 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 fire. <laughs> Beavis, <laughs> shut up. Oh, that's actually pretty good, dude. <laughs> that's a pretty good. That's a, that's that's a pretty good that's a that's a pretty good butthead. I'm, I'm proud of you, man. That's great, Venus. Uh, I have I, I have seen the light. <laughs> okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> 
All right. So this week we watched season five of um we watched episodes two and three of season five of Cobra Kai. We're gonna go over our three points. Last week Jeff went first. So this week I will go first with my number three. And my number three is going to be Miguel's dad. He was a douchebag, we find out. And so I I wasn't really surprised. Props to Sensei Parker. You you nailed that one. You really I did. did. I, I did. I mean, well, it's it's honestly, I had no reason to to not trust Carmen. Just the vibe that that they gave, like that I got. I I didn't think. I mean, obviously, you couldn't tell from the first episode. I just there was no reason that Miguel and his grandmother would both lie about it and hate him so much without him being bad. So I knew that. I just knew that they. I don't know. It's just I just had a feeling. Well, I mean, even like for myself, my number one theory was that it was the first Hector that he met. Yeah. Which was portrayed as an evil bad guy. Mm-hmm. And I thought the second one was just going to be a representation of what he wanted. Yeah. And then he was going to find out, no, actually, it was the first Hector that was your dad. He was just lying to you about, you know, all the details. So, but you nailed it. You also nailed the the whole idea of how much time they were going to spend with that. Uh, pretty, two pretty much. Or two uh, episodes. Yeah, I think you said two, maybe three. And I was like, I really hope they give it at least a good five, six episodes. <laughs> I'm still a little disappointed they didn't, but I'm not mad about it. But I, I thought that kind of story arc deserved a little bit more time, but. You I, I, think it. They, I think they did it i think they did it perfectly honestly that the whole mexico thing was just done extremely well they wrapped it up quick uh they gave him a reason to both be excited for it and be pulled in close enough to realize that his dad is as crazy as his mom was saying and so i'm glad that i'm glad he got to see that so that he never had to wonder i feel like that's going to close up you know a storyline that you know people were probably wondering like well, why doesn't he, you know, and it's, it, it's going to make him and, and Johnny be able to bond and get closer. And it's probably going to also bring him and Robbie closer together as well, because they'll have that in common. Now that, you know, this is going on, I'm starting to kind of see maybe a situation where Robbie and, where Robbie and Miguel team up to help Johnny. And maybe that's what brings them together in some, some future episode or situation. We'll see. Oh, we'll see. What is your number three? All right. So since you're in Mexico, I'm going to come back to the mainland in the all valley area. <laughs> the mainland. <laughs> I don't think Mexico is an island. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have family that lived in Hawaii. So I, I, I got so accustomed to the U.S. where everybody else was being referred to as the mainland. <laughs> That's funny. Which makes more sense being, you know, in Hawaii and there are an island. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. I knew what you meant. I knew what you meant. (laughs) Hey, you had candles last week. So this week (laughs) I have the mainland. So it's only fair. So uh, the first one I'm going to throw out, my number three, is is actually about Tori. Of course, we're, we're big fans of her and her character. We had talked about the way the last season ended. How was she going to deal with the knowledge of about Tori, as far as the, the way season four ended, how are they going to move her along the storyline with her knowing that Terry Silver paid off the referee, that her championship was tainted. She didn't earn it genuinely. She obviously, you could tell she was troubled by it. So I personally thought that maybe that would play out for a good chunk of season five, 
because from the trailer we noticed that she appeared to be with Cobra Kai possibly all all season long. So I figured, okay, this this is going to be kind of drawn out. So I was a little surprised that they dealt with it so quickly. Obviously, I don't. She didn't even appear in the first episode, which a lot of the the kids didn't, outside of like Miguel and Robbie. Um, but we do see her struggling at first. She, you, you can tell her attitude's different. Yeah. She makes, you know, uh, Kenny ask her about the trophy, and she's just like, "Not today." Actually, she gets teamed up with Chosen. You can tell she's just sluggish in her training. And actually, Chosen has that conversation with her about honor, and you can tell it's really hitting a chord with her. And and she's just struggling with it. So they they dealt with it, but then, you know, she approaches Silver about it like that same day. And of course, Silver being the mastermind he is, he he approached it from an angle that speaks directly to her life situation. He kind of made the comment, is it wrong for a starving person to steal food? Right. And in her situation, she's always struggled with that because, you know, she's been dealt a rough hand. So she's always had the attitude that, you know, hey, you got to fight for what's yours. Forget the rules. I think he knows that. And that's exactly why he made that analogy. Oh, for sure. He was very intentional with that. Mm -hmm. But he also kind of played it cool, like, Hey, if you want to leave, totally understand. No hard feelings, which we both know that that wouldn't have been the case. Right. But hey, I want to make Cobra Kai about you. You're going to be front and center. So he made his pitch. It it seemed to work, although I still think we will see her struggle with it off and on during the season. I think me and you probably both agree that we feel like the story arc is still going to move her eventually to whether it's Miyagi-Do or just to the good side, if you want to call it that. I think we're both hoping that there's some kind of I'm not sure the word I want to use here, but with, with her and, and Sam teaming Re- up reconciliation, at least. Yeah. So kind of make amends with Sam. I think we're, we're both rooting for that. So I, I was still a little surprised that they wrapped it up so quick. That was something kind of like Mexico. I thought it was going to play out longer, which kind of leads me into a sub thought from the same topic. I got a feeling we're going to disagree on this, which will make for good conversation, but it's, it's not an opinion I, I would say I'm passionate about, but it seems like oftentimes when a story arc is presented, whether it's Tori and the, the whole cheating scandal, Miguel and Mexico, even, which we hadn't gotten into it yet, and maybe one of our other topics, but even the whole chosen silver thing with chosen being the mole, mm-hmm. even that was wrapped up within one episode. I, I almost feel like that, they don't spend enough time with, with some of these story arcs. And it, it made me think of a term that my wife has often used. She's a big reader, especially with like romance novels. Uh, maybe you've heard the term before. It's called slow burn. And she got so excited when I, I asked her about it uh, earlier today. <laughs> I was like, I want to ask you about your idea of slow burn, what it means to you, what you think the pros and cons were. Of course, she, she, she just lit up. And, you know, basically that's her favorite type of story arc is the one that that takes the slow burn approach where you you got two characters and you put a lot of thought and effort in their interactions and the pace is kind of slow but it's is not not in a bad way it's it's bringing the viewer or the reader along almost like a constant tease but it's building up to you know kind of the end and and usually it's very rewarding because of that journey you've been on i'm a little torn because i I do think there's pros and cons obviously i think from their perspective they don't have a whole lot of time Hmm. you know they do 10 episodes a season only 30 minutes they got a ton of characters a lot of different things to deal with so i get it but 
I can't, I won't lie. I'm still a little disappointed with some of the story arcs and I feel like it's, it's just wrapped up a little too quick and then it's just kind of moved on to something else. Yeah. Uh, I, I am surprised by how quickly they are handling some of those things. The, the Mexico storyline, I obviously, you know, obviously saw that one coming, but Tori confronting silver was something that I definitely didn't see happening in the second episode. And I also didn't see silver catching on to to chosen so quickly all of that happens so fast but i also think that there's a lot like you said there's a lot that's gonna happen am i disappointed that they that some of these things didn't build a little bit more tension yeah but at the same time we haven't seen the full season yet so we really don't know if this is building to something even bigger we don't know where we're at yet you know this could all be like oh i'm so glad that they didn't spend as much time on those episodes because this was so much more important now that you know in hindsight so i don't know it's right now i'm a little quick to judge on how disappointing i on how disappointed i am on it but i will say i would have liked to have at least seen a little bit more silver and chosen before chosen got found out yeah I, I was so psyched, you know, the way season one ended. But at the same time, the whole time I'm thinking, how is Silver not going to know who this guy is? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is 2022. Right. <laughs> I mean, with social media and, and obviously with all the power and resources that he has, I'm like, how is he? So it, in a way, it kind of makes sense that it happened quick because it, it was a risky mission to begin with and, and it's actually kind of cool the way he picked up on it with uh the way they did the toast yeah and and he knew which i didn't think about it till later which probably means he was playing with them all along after that yeah which you, i guess you you wouldn't really realize until he revealed you know how his cover was uh, more or less blown but which was one of the benefits of getting to watch this multiple times to take yeah. notes and stuff. Yeah. But as far as this whole, the, the main point I brought up, I, I was cutting grass earlier and my, my grass cutting time, of course, you know, I'm on a rod and mower. That's some of my best thinking time. Kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, what some people get in the shower. Uh, mine usually happens um, on the rod and mower. I kind of look back and I was like, you know what? They, they do use the slow burn approach on a lot of the main storylines yeah when when you look at at johnny's growth in his character i mean that that's been a slow process but but done very effectively Mm -hmm. um the issue between miguel and robbie that's i mean that's something that i mean that started what early season two so and that's obviously going to carry on through season five even the rivalry between sam and and tori it's it's kind of playing out slowly so the more i look back i was like Obviously, there's a lot of story arcs that you have to wrap up quick, but but they do have others that are still playing out that have kind of been more of that slow burn that that kind yeah. of brings you along the ride and, and you get more invested in. And and like we mentioned, a lot of it, I think it's just time. Yeah, I think uh, I don't remember if I mentioned on podcast or just with me and you talking about it. At one point, I heard the writers and I think they said this early on in the series that they always envisioned this as kind of like a six season series Mm -hmm. and if that plays out then they've only got one more season after this one so they they probably know what their end goal is and they've only got so much time to make it happen so i mean that could be why we see some of these story arcs just kind of almost feel rushed or wrapped up super quick yeah i also think that 
for the most part, all of the important ones, they all do take time. I, I have learned, though, to, to when, when a new arc is presented, don't overthink it. Even though I might think it is a setup for a big storyline, mm-hmm. you know, it in, in their minds, it's just like a little side plot while the main stuff's kind of going in the background. So I'll, I'll kind of learn to quick get my hopes up on some of these story arcs. All right. Well, what's your number two? All right. So I don't know if you deal with this, but I almost feel guilty because I'm like, man, I hope I don't take one of the ones that he's really excited about. I'm just going to talk it. about it either way. Well, that's true. So I won't feel too bad. To me, between episodes two and three, there were definitely a couple of what the moments. And the first one, uh, to me, was Carmen getting pregnant. Yeah. (laughs) That's not a story arc that I would have ever envisioned in a million years. I'm sure a lot of that has to do with their age, Mm -hmm. which we don't know how old Carmen is. To me, she seems obviously younger than Johnny's character. But, I mean, Johnny's character is, what, early 50s or around 50? Yeah. I mean, he has a 16, 17-year-old son. so I. I never considered that. And and actually, not only was I shocked when they first went down that road, but as it came to a close, I was convinced, oh, this was basically just setting Johnny up to portray his character growth. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he didn't handle it well at first, but then you see him doing all this stuff and really cool seg- segments there on on how he, he just really stepped up big time. So when she came to tell him, I was convinced that, she wasn't yeah same. that that it, that it served its purpose it, it showed how johnny handled it it showed his his growth all that stuff but then when she said she was i was like holy cow i mean that's that is insane yeah that was a shock i was expecting them to you know not be but her see that he was excited for it and him realize that he was actually excited for it and then them decide to actually start trying for one or something like that but yeah totally shocked when she was actually pregnant but proud of johnny I'm proud of him proud of my boy yeah so so now i'm just curious you know where do they move on from obviously there's there's a, a lot of different angles they can go it it, it can be a false positive mm-hmm. um and and it still served its purpose of of how it brought them together how how johnny handled it i mean there could be the drama of a miscarriage mm-hmm. they could go that route or she can carry it to term and give birth and Johnny becomes a dad and has kind of a second chance to do it right from the beginning. Yeah. Not to mention the comedy that would come not only with that, but just throughout the whole pregnancy. Can you imagine um, yeah. a spinoff with Miguel and Robbie raising their own, <laughs> raising their little brother? <laughs> I, I didn't My two brothers. <laughs> yeah. Now that you said that, I, I never considered with Johnny and Carmen that they they become brothers like half brothers um, yeah they'll, they'll both be half brothers with this new little baby oh, yeah, assuming that they, yeah but i mean just the comedy that's come from that already with what johnny practicing swaddling a baby on a case of beer mm-hmm. but yeah i mean we, we really see johnny shine um yeah. he i mean even gave miguel great advice which even shocked miguel yeah an interesting scene, though. I don't know if you picked up on this, but it was after he, I guess, fumigated his entire apartment. He was wearing the gas mask or whatever. Yeah. And there towards the very end, when he was laying on the floor exhausted with the mask beside him and the laptop is playing and it's playing that baby video uh-huh. and he reaches over and closes the laptop. That scene was in the trailer. Only the laptop was playing the Cobra Kai commercial pr- oh, promo. Nice. I did not catch that. So when I saw that, I was like, 
wait. And then I, I even went back and watched the trailer and it is the exact same scene. I mean, everything's the exact same. The only thing that's changed is when he closes the laptop, the trailer gives you the impression he's disgusted with Cobra Kai commercial. Yeah. So I don't know if that was like a deleted scene or if they just did that on purpose just for the sake of the trailer. Yeah. That had to be. I mean, they, they did that. They had. That's not a mistake. That's definitely, yeah, intentional. What about you? What, what's your next one? Your number two. My number two is Sam and Miguel breaking up. Oh. You hate to see it, but I mean, as much as I love Miguel and hate seeing his little heartbreak, Sam needs it, you know. And she was very mature about it. Both of them handled the situation very well, but. I don't think it's the end of anything. Uh, I was definitely wrong. Uh, I definitely said that, you know, oh, Miguel and Sam are just going to be a couple and we're not going to have, there's not going to be any drama there. And I was completely wrong about that. But, you know, she went into her deprivation tank, which is not a deprivation tank, as Moon says. It's a self-actualization pod. And she, you know, discovers herself and sees that she needs to really find out who she is. And that's totally relatable. And I think we're going to see a lot of growth from Sam this season as well. And I'm hopeful for her. I didn't expect them to break up this season. So that is definitely a big shock to me. Yeah, even when Miguel went over there, maybe I'm just naive, but I, I didn't even think the breakup was going to happen at that point. I felt like they were they were going to smooth things over. But so yeah, it, it definitely yeah. took me by surprise. And it makes me wonder, though, is this... Is this the writers just continuing to shine a little bit of light on the mental health aspect? Or maybe is this completely separate from like the anxiety and panic attacks that well, she had? I think, I think all of it is a contributing factor, you know, and, and we've kind of seen this when we see her in her self-actualization pod. We see all of these factors that are contributing to her anxiety and what's taking her focus away from herself. And Tori is a part of that. But, you know, it's also her dad. It's also Miguel. You know, it's all of it. It's all of it, this pressure that she's been put on her. And I don't think she wants to hate Miguel. So I think, you know, Miguel is the one person that she can separate herself from in this situation without, you know, causing too much damage because she doesn't have to have a boyfriend. You know, she needs to focus on herself, which I can respect that. Yeah, and... I also think it it opens up the door as far as the storyline with her not being attached to Miguel, especially since we we know that Robbie at some point comes back mm-hmm. and is training with her, Miguel, and you know all the other Miyagi Do students. So I feel like it kind of opens up the door a little bit for more things to happen and more things to evolve with them not kind of being attached as a, as a couple anymore. Yeah, which I mean, I didn't figure that they would focus on it too much. But maybe they just don't even focus on it at all. Maybe, you know, that was just their way of not focusing on it was to be able to so that people don't, you know, say, well, why didn't we see a lot of Sam and Miguel together? They just went ahead and, you know, broke them up, you know, so that she can actually focus on herself, which is smart writing as well. Yeah, Um, but I'm still convinced their relationship still going to play a huge role. Um, Oh, yeah. They definitely still need each other uh, because they definitely have a, a bond that's, important to both of them i'm gonna venture out to say that within two three four episodes at the most they're back together you think i don't i don't know if they'll, they'll get back together that soon but i think they will get back together by the I end mean, of the show for sure 
seriously, if they can only spend less than two episodes on the whole Miguel going to another country to find his biological dad, surely it won't take a long time for two high school teenagers to break up and get back together, which usually happens within 24 hours. But true. Like you said, but who knows? Who knows? They've, but, they've, they've broke up and, and, spent a long time apart as well too so i could i could see it still playing out that one's also a slow burn yeah um and we joked recently about you know thinking maybe the writers were listening to us because uh and and writers if you are listening to us who would love some sponsors or some uh (laughs) for real sponsors would be great (laughs) but i had made the point when they first started dealing with her mental health that I was a little afraid that they almost oversimplified it. So this almost speaks to me as far as, okay, no, we're, we're not done with that. There's still a lot going on with there with, with, with Sam and what she's struggling with, with, with mental health, with self-care, mm-hmm. with, with all of that. So I was kind of pleased to see that part because like I said, I, I was a little concerned that they oversimplified it. Maybe they heard me <laughs> and then it was like, all right, let, let's unpack this a little bit more. All right. I'm going to go into my number one, which is probably no shock to you. Mike fucking Barnes, man, that storyline. That was my favorite part of, I mean, which is why it's my number one. Love that. That was so great. It threw me for a loop the whole time. I enjoyed I enjoyed that whole scene with him. The phone call mistake was hilarious. That was my first. I was like, oh, man, like Chosen's already on the phone with him. Like there's about to be a fight and we're about to see a fight in the furniture store. And so then I, then we find out, oh, it's a fake out. It's, he's really talking about furniture. And then Daniel takes the phone away. And so I'm like, oh, man, they're about to start fighting because of this. And then, no, everything's fine. It's all a big joke. And then Chosen comes in out of nowhere and actually starts a fight. And then Mike can actually still fight. It's great. We see a, we see Chosen and Mike fighting in the furniture store. Mike's handling his own pretty well against Chosen while Daniel's all trying to stop it and gets a punch in the face. It's it's just a great scene. And then he gives, you know, Daniel some information. We find out, you know, him and Daniel actually, he actually has no ill will towards Daniel at all. He actually helps Daniel because, you know, he, he realizes he's one of the, the few Cobra Kai, ex-Cobra Kai that, you know, doesn't have bad blood between Daniel. So I loved, I loved the Mike Barnes stuff, loved every bit of it. And then we find out at the end of episode three that his business got burnt down by Silver. And so throughout the episode, up until after he gave the information to Daniel, I thought he was going to be out of the episode and out of the series. But now, since he's had his place burned down, like, is he going to actually join Miyagi-Do? Where is this going to take us? Like, this is great. I'm so excited. And like, I'm that's the most excited thing I'm, I'm excited for to see is where does the Mike Barnes stuff go from here? I could be let down. It could be that could be just the total end of the episode. Maybe he shows back up at the vent, end or something. But I'm thinking he's going to be a bigger part of the season. So we actually have the same uh, number one. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. And, but. But I actually saved it for my number one, not because it was it was maybe the one that spoke most to me, but just because it, it was really the ending. Yeah. Um, to me, that was that other what the yeah when his furniture store got <laughs> burned. Yeah. And I was just I, I was not expecting. I was like, wow, well, okay. <laughs> they just he just took it to a whole other disturbing he, level. He really did. And so now, like. 
that's another thing is it's just like where do we go from here like where does silver go from here like what's the next thing and oh man so i will throw out a a couple of different points since we we, we both had the same one yeah Um, yeah. i mean this was another area which i I think we both came up with this theory because we both mentioned we both talked about how he wasn't featured in the trailer but he was confirmed for the season and we were like what if he's brought in to be on daniel's side yeah and and that's ultimately what happened at first, which I pretty much saw like the, the initial scene at, at the furniture store where, where Daniel's overhearing a conversation. I, I kind of saw that as just the classic buildup of a uh, just the misunderstanding, you know, pulling words out of a out of context because you, you you don't have all the details. So all that kind of played out like I thought it would. And then from there, it, it all kind of played out like I thought it would in that situation. So so once we saw the scene where he was at the country club where Silver kind of ran into to Daniel and Chosen. So, of course, you know, Daniel reached out and brought in Chosen. So Silver kind of made the comments like, well, I got some old friends that I can call into as well. Yeah. Now, of course, you might have been like me. My first thought didn't go to Mike Barnes. It went to the people that we've seen in the trailer, um, mm-hmm. that, that one particular woman, and then a bunch of what you assume is going to be other senseis or people that he's going to use. Yeah. Obviously, Daniel's mind immediately went to Mike Barnes. So from that very moment, I kind of figure, all right, Silver didn't reach out to Mike Barnes. So I don't think Silver has any association with with silver anymore and, and that's pretty much what we saw play out but what did you think about his entrance into the series it was very 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 low-key compared to let's say like an alley where they spent almost nearly every episode talking about her for almost three seasons uh, he's not even mentioned i mean within the show i mean outside of the show i mean we, we knew he was confirmed for season five but it's like as soon as daniel mentions him then the next scene, you just kind of see him, I guess, at his house walking out to his car. So what did you think about his entrance and just uh, kind of the way it played out from there? I mean, I think it was great. I think it I think it's the exact opposite of the alley situation, which is, I think, a better payoff. You know, we're all wondering, like, well, why haven't they, you know, well, I mean, I say we because I didn't I didn't watch the show. But I'm assuming, you know, people that were more familiar with it are like, is Mike Barnes going to show up? Is my, you know, when's Mike going to show up? When's Mike going to show up? And so nobody's, you know, and they haven't brought it up. And so as soon as they bring it up, he's just, nobody's really expecting anything because, oh, he's just a furniture store guy. But just his involvement in reaching out and him helping has made a big impact and is taking it to another level. He made more of an impact than Allie did in the show so far, as far as what I can tell. When you build up to something for so long, you expect a big payout. And so you you don't know what to expect, you know, with him. It just happened so fast. You didn't have a time to process about where is this all going to fit in and how can this play out? And it worked well in my favor because I got tricked in every way that the show wanted to trick me. So it worked. Yeah. So I'm probably going to go the other direction on where they go from here. Mm. I still think he's done. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he reacts in a way to, you know, his business being burned to the ground to where he's like, all right, that's it. All right, Daniel, you got me. I just get this vibe that he's ready to be done with that side of his life um, and, and, and that past. And he doesn't want to be associated with Silver. I mean, he didn't even want to be involved with Daniel's fight against Silver. And he said, you know, he did offer up a little bit of information, but that was the only involvement he wanted. Obviously, he can go two different directions, but I think he's going to go the direction that this is going to scare him. And that he thinks that any more involvement is only going to bring more, more events like this to him and his family. 
I, I think he just wants to I think he's just gonna cut his losses and be like, look, this this dude's bad news. I should have he's I think he's just gonna regret that he helped Daniel at all. And I, I don't see him joining the fight at all. Maybe that's why he's not featured in the trailer. Maybe that's why there's not a lot of attention paid to him that he he played, like you said, his role was definitely a lot bigger than Allie, even though it was much more low-key. I mean, he he played a huge part in the storyline. I, I don't think they do a whole lot with his character from from here on out. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, so far you're you're beating me pretty bad on some of these guesses. So maybe <laughs> <laughs> you beat me on the whole Miguel's father and the amount of time in Mexico. So so maybe I'll win this one, but we'll see. But you you had mentioned the whole scene with with chosen when when he shows up to help Daniel. There was something that bothered me about that whole exchange. Not so much the fight with Mike Barnes, but like there towards the end when they show, I guess, all of his workers that he beat up, Mm -hmm. I guess, on the way in. Yeah. It kind of made me wonder, and we've talked about this a number of times, but um, more so in a positive light. I might talk about it in a slightly negative light. Is the show becoming a little too silly in spots? And the reason I bring that up now is because with season five and Terry Silver, the drama and intensity has been amped up big time. Silver is a completely different monster than Crease. Most of Crease's terror was through the actions kind of as students, mm-hmm. uh, maybe the exception of when he put the snake in the dealership. But with Silver, I mean, anybody that crosses him <laughs> in any way literally has to feel for their safety, their well-being, even their very own life. And, and I love that about it. I love that it's, it's been amped up, but it almost makes me wonder if they need to tone down some of the silly spots. Now, like Johnny's humor love it that that still fits in perfectly you know some of the some of the i'm not saying they need to cut out the comedy by any means that i love it has a great spot but sometimes there's a few spots where it makes me just question is that a little out of place is is that a little because to me if you mix in too too much silly stuff it kind of detracts from the more serious and intense dramatic elements that you're trying to instill as well jeff if this show has taught me anything (laughs) it's that balance is important and when you go too far on one side, you got to go too far on the other side to make it even or else it just gets all out of whack, man. And then people fall in water. That's how it happens. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm struggling with this one. Uh, and, and like I said, I think there's plenty of comedy that, that really works well. But the whole thing where, you know, he beat up all four guys on the outside. I don't know. It just, I don't, it just to me, came across a little bit too silly, but. No, I see where you're coming from. I mean, at least it wasn't any like, you know, they, when they start playing yakety sex and everything, playing everything in fast forward motion, then I'll, I'll jump on board with you. Yeah. But I do, I, I mean, I get what you're saying. That was a little sophomore, a little bit, just a little bit. Child. But it could be a way for them to try to retain some of the, you know, younger audience that the show has gotten, you know, just from it, from the earlier seasons as well, yeah. you know, because you don't want too young of a kid's to attention to, I don't know. I'll probably yeah, I mean, that out anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, speaking of Silver, though, is it just me or is, is the dude a really good actor? Yeah. I, I've been really, really impressed because I, I looked him up and he's not really done any acting since like 2005. Um, he's been more on the like the producing side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even when he was acting, I mean, he didn't really get a lot of major roles. I'm like, wow, he's he's really impressed me like big time. I'm I'm just amazed that he hasn't, and maybe he that was just never a, an ambition of his as yeah. far as 
being you know an alias actor uh, and, and that's always possible but I, i've been really impressed with with, with what with what he's brought ever since he showed up. Well, what's your honorable mention this week? My honorable mention is a trifecta of dudes. It is Miguel, Eli, and Dimitri. <laughs> is my honorable mention. And I loved when Sam was having the girl trouble. I'm sorry, when Miguel was having this girl trouble with Sam. And he's getting advice from Dimitri and Eli. And at first I was like, Oh, is it this ironic? Yeah. <laughs> and then for whatever reason, it didn't dawn on me until like hours after I'd watched these episodes that in season one, when Miguel first meets Dimitri and Eli, and it's them three sitting at a table, and they're all staring at another table on the other side of the cafeteria that has the three it girls, you know, the mm-hmm. three hottest girls in high school. Parker, who were those three girls? It was the same three girls that they're dating now. Exactly. Well, we're dating. Well, yeah. But at the time, I mean, Miguel and Sam were, were still technically together. Yeah, two-thirds of them are still dating. But for some reason, that, that that never really... I mean, of course, I knew Eli was with Moon, and I knew they were all with one another, but it didn't dawn on me until how far they've come since season one from being the losers at the loser table to all thinking... All those girls, they're, that's not even obtainable. Kind of like Dimitri said, no, uh-uh. It's like, why don't you ever go for it? Because O for O is better than O for one. Yeah. <laughs> you have to kind of know your place in the world. And it, it's just really cool. But the, all those scenes where they were kind of trying to help Miguel out. And probably one of my, the funniest things to me in, in between these two episodes was when Miguel was looking at the jewelry mm. uh, with the, the octopus and all that kind of stuff. And, and of course, that was too expensive. And Eli's like, do you have one with fewer tentacles? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I love that. Of course, Jotty, of course, he he had his funny stuff in there as always. But so, yeah, my honorable mention goes to, to those three guys and just seeing where they've come from and where they're at now. But I'm really anxious to hear your honorable mention. My honorable mention was honestly Eli as well, um, but just specifically Eli. You know, we see him. We didn't see very much of him, but in that scene that you were talking about, we see him getting a tattoo cover up. You know, he's, you know, he's gotten a, a lotus flower to cover it up, which means a new beginning. We find out he actually, you know, seems really content, really happy. And before he kind of gets overshadowed, overshadowed by the always anxious Dimitri, he actually was given some good advice there for a second, you know, as far as how to respond to Sam and about communicating. And then Eli, I mean, then Dimitri, uh, you know, comes up and gives his not so great anxious advice. Yeah, that's, that's my honorable mention. You always surprise me with these, these little picks at the end. You always come from an angle that <laughs> like like your dud of the week last week. I definitely didn't <laughs> see that. <one> coming. <laughs> and right. I. I I still want you to show me those swim trunks because I, I did take a screenshot of what that guy was wearing. So, <laughs> Oh, I'll go over right here. All right, here you go. All right, I'm pulling up my screenshot now. Somehow I've lost my screenshot. But yeah, that that looks pretty spot on. So to all the listeners out there, we may be selling some some trunks that are straight from the set of Cobra Kai. <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. my ass. <laughs> now, don't, don't pay any attention if you think 
you know, what you're buying is, you know, too small for the character you saw. They, they always do that on, on, on film that they, <laughs> they had to make him look bigger than he really was. Hey, so. now I've been in the gym. Calm down. <laughs> All right. So who is your dude or dud of the week, Jeff? Or do that. I had to do that last week. Hey, hey, hey. Um, Hey, we are we are we are all children of Kel Mitchell, and if there's one thing we know from Good Burger, it's that I'm a dude, he's a dude, she's a dude, we're all dudes. <laughs> I stand correct. I mean, I sit corrected. <laughs> all right, so my pick for dude of the week is actually kind of a sympathy pick. He's been mentioned a few times and you've, you've, you've actually mentioned the, uh, the scenarios of, of why I'm picking this one, but my dude of the week is Miguel just because the poor kid went through it. <laughs> these yeah, two yeah, episodes. Yeah. I mean, they've really challenged it. He's, he's a really good actor and they've really challenged him uh, with some some tough stuff, especially with season two, how it ended and how, you know, season three began. But my gosh, he goes through the heartbreak of finding out the truth about his dad. And, and of course, never getting to the point to where he can reveal to the guy that he's that, hey, I'm your son. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably best he didn't get to that point since the guy is bad news. But man, you just see his heartbreak. Uh, but a, a very touching scene there with, with Johnny and him being reunited. Mm-hmm. Of course, that that quickly got interrupted by the realization that Robbie came home for the ride. Ironic that some of the most touching scenes we've seen in this entire series involve Johnny, which yeah. I would have never guessed after watching the first season, but uh, just shows his growth as a character. Yeah. Then, and just to talk about his acting real quick, like even the two ways he cries, like the, the crying performance he gives to, with Johnny after, you know, we find out about his dad. It, He's both sad and, and scared, and you can you kind of see that, like he, the way he portrays that. And then when he cries with Sam, it was just a totally different cry. You can just tell it was like a, a heartbroken cry, which is a totally yeah. different cry. Yes, I mean I fell for the dude so much, man. Yeah, I mean he's already dealing with the whole thing in Mexico, and then now I mean he's we've kind of always known from the beginning that it's miguel and sam uh, yeah. it's, it's, they're kind of like the alley and daniel and like i said we were both caught off guard i I didn't see that coming and then it's like gosh this poor kid i mean my goodness yeah. you just wanted to hug him so it might be out of sympathy but also for just some, some great acting from the kid but yeah my dude of the week is miguel so who is your dude or dud of the week okay so my dud of the week and he didn't have a name so i'm going to call him the chili pepper guy i'm only calling him a dud because he was a bad guy i guess or well an obstacle he wasn't necessarily a bad guy he was just doing his thing but man this guy he looked like uncle fester on meth like he (laughs) was crazy and i don't know if you noticed this but one thing and some like some stuff weird stuff will stand out to me sometimes about you know certain people and for some reason this actor every time he chewed he had these muscles on the top of his on top of his head that flexed (laughs) every time and i literally had to go and get food to, to chew and i'm like do i have muscles on the top of my head that flex like that every time and i don't so i don't know if 
but if I mean, if you're listening to this right now and you're not chewing and feeling the top of your head to see if you have the muscles, then something's wrong. You and I are not the same because I saw that and I noticed it and I immediately was just like, what is that? What's going on with his muscles on top of his head? His chewing muscles are not where they're supposed to be. I wonder how many different podcasts there are about Cobra Kai. <laughs> I'm willing to bet that nobody has talked about the pepper guy. His dude, his <laughs> those muscles, his, man, and his 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 head those muscles. muscles, those muscles on top of his head, his chewing <laughs> his chewing muscles tripped me out, man. Not even gonna lie, I noticed them the first time, and they just stood out. That's literally all I could focus on the second time I watched it. I was like, whoa, whoa, what is going on there? So that is my <laughs> of the week. Jeff, uh, do you have anything else this week? That scene that you mentioned, uh, any doubt or question? Did you did you suspect at all that Robbie actually ate that pepper? I thought he ate the pepper, to be honest. Uh, I thought he I, did. I, I knew he didn't. Just the whole thing he was doing with his hands, and I just thought the movement was a little weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't think he was eating the candy. I just thought he was fake chewing, but yeah, I... I knew for a fact he didn't eat that thing. <laughs> well, good call on you because he tricked me. But, dude, it was awesome. We got two episodes in, so we gave our listeners, you know, twice the content for the same amount of money. Yes. Granted, they're not paying for it. Oh, free. Oh, free. <laughs> yeah. free. Free fitty. And for us, it's good because now, you know, we get to watch two episodes at a time instead of just one. So, But it, if it you was- do want to help us out there, we do have a Patreon that you can help us out and change that. Woo. For starving Which, artists like ourselves. We will be coming up with more stuff on that. So if you check that out and seen that, uh, right now, nothing is, we don't really have that, but we will be coming up with some stuff and some ideas uh, t- to come up with that too. So, Well, as always, that was fun. Thank you guys for supporting us and for listening. Uh, we're excited to keep along with Cobra Kai. We're hoping that you've enjoyed season five as much as we have so far. And gosh, we still got seven episodes left. So can't wait to see what, what happens and what Parker and I can can unpack and discuss and hope you guys are enjoying the discussion. We're definitely having fun discussing it. So uh, again, hope you guys keep listening. Thank you so much for, for coming along this ride with us. So throw it to you, Parker. Big thanks to my co-host Jeff and a bigger thanks to you for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Five stars and a comment really do help these dudes out. If you have a thought or idea about what we're watching, please email us at streamingwith2dudes at gmail.com or request to join our Streaming With Two Dudes Facebook group. Links to our Patreon and socials are in the show notes. Thanks again, and remember, when you see a speed hump sign, that's not a challenge.